Baker and welcome to the Kitchen Confidant Podcast. Today, we're chatting with Tara Bench. With over 20 years in the food publishing and magazine industry, and as a trained chef, Tara is not only known for her roles as food editor at Martha Stewart Living and as food director at the Ladies Home Journal, but for her own site, Tara Teaspoon. She is celebrating the release of her new book, Delicious Gatherings, Recipes to Celebrate Together. I am so excited to welcome Tara to the podcast. Hi. Thank you so much. It's nice of you to have me. This is great. Yeah, I'm so excited to chat with you. But before we begin, I always start by asking, what's the first thing that you ever cooked and about how old were you? The first thing I remember cooking was probably myself was in my Easy Bake Oven, and it was probably leftover cake mix that my mom let me bake in my Easy Bake Oven. Oh my gosh, I used to love that. That was right. the best toy ever. Yes, <laughs> yes, it, I, I definitely loved it. It got me started, and I went from you know cake mix to maybe making my own biscuits and stuff, all in the Easy Bake Oven. Oh my gosh. Um, would you tell everyone a little bit more about yourself and what life looked like before you entered the world of food. Sure. Yes. I I grew up in Salt Lake, Salt Lake City, Utah, and we lived all over. I, we, my family lived overseas in Saudi Arabia for a few years when oh, I was wow. little, and then moved back to the states to Utah. I we moved to Arizona. I did high school in Mesa, Arizona, and then back to Utah, and I did university. I was at Utah State University and BYU in Utah. Mm -hmm. And then that's when I was really deciding to pursue food as education and and career. So So, what was your major in in college? So at at BYU, I was studying food science because Uh, I thought, oh, I love food and that will get me into the world of food. it didn't. It was more chemistry than anything. And so I transferred to Utah State to a culinary arts program and finished in culinary arts. So oh. that was my degree. Very cool. And what brought you to the East Coast eventually? So after school, I had transferred schools. So I was doing required to do an internship after graduation, basically, in order to get my diploma. And so I was looking for internships and most of my classmates in this culinary arts major were going into restaurants or they were going to go intern in Las Vegas at the big Mm. catering facilities and things like that. And I did not want to work in food service as much as I loved cooking. I didn't want to go that route. And so I found my own internship in publishing and I called every magazine in the country that had food in it. And I said, can I do an internship in your test kitchen? I didn't even know what test kitchens were, (laughs) but I thought if they have a kitchen, maybe I could work there. And Martha Stewart magazine, the test kitchen director was the only one that said, well, you can come and interview and we'll consider you as an intern. So I did that and moved to New York city after school and did an internship and the rest is history. Amazing. Good for you for going and finding what you, you know, what you, well, I don't know if you knew what you needed or wanted, but you found it. <laughs> yes. I, I just wanted something different yeah. than everyone else was doing. And I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know there was such thing as recipe developers. And I wanted to be the one that made food for pictures. And 
didn't know that that was called a food stylist. And so, yeah. So cool. Okay. I have to ask you where the moniker Tara Teaspoon came from. If you could <laughs> just question. tell that story. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So it was many years ago living in New York. I had lots of friends and roommates. And I think it was a roommate that, um, you know, knew I was into cooking. That was my profession. And she said, I'm going to call you Tara Teaspoon because you're not big enough to be Tara Tablespoon. Because <laughs> I'm not even quite 5'2", and I'm a pretty little person. And so, yeah, she was just making fun and giving me a food nickname, and it, I wasn't big enough to be a tablespoon. Oh, that's so cute. I love it. <laughs> I also love the title of your book. I feel like food has always been the center of celebrations in my life, and I'm sure everybody's. So yes. what are some of your favorite memories about eating together with your family and friends growing up? Thanks for asking that, because that has been such an important, wonderful part of my life. Growing up, it was often family gatherings, gatherings and extended family gatherings around food and meals. Um, and I think it brought people together. It was like, hey, we're having a 4th of July picnic and everybody brings something to eat and share. And that was your family gathering. That was the parties. Even when it was staying at grandma and grandpa's house for the weekend, there were always whole wheat pancakes in the morning to wake up to and, you know, fun barbecues out on the back porch. And so I was often in the kitchen with mom or grandma or whoever was making the food. And that was the community. And that was the connecting activity that I loved. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have a lot of those memories too. I, mm -hmm. you know, when you mentioned sleepovers, I was like, oh, that's so true. I just remember sleepovers. And then there would be just a huge meal and the table yes. would be full. And, yes. you know, I wish my kids had that growing up because we don't have a lot of family out here. Um, but yeah, I do treasure those. And I, I love that you've captured that essence in your book. Mm -hmm. um, also, you've organized the very first half of the book around like themes. You call it gather around dinners. So could you tell everyone a little bit more about the inspiration behind the themes you decided to share? Yes, they are truly sort of gather around meals that I think people will love to come together around. And that chapter came about because I was asking my older brother, I said, Landon, what should I put in this next cookbook? And I was asking for ideas and inspiration. And he said, just tell me what to cook. I'll cook it. But I don't want to have to think about what side dishes to make and what dessert to make and what main dish to make. He said, just tell me what to make for the dinner and I'll make it. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, I think a lot of people would love that solution and that help. And just to have an, a complete meal that is put in front of them that looks delicious. They don't have to figure out what side dish, what salad goes with what. Mm -hmm. And so I created five menus that you can just make in completion, or you can make the main dish and add your own favorite side dishes, or add one of the sides and add your mom's favorite pot roast instead of mine, things like that, that are kind of welcoming, inviting dinners that crowds would love. Yeah. The menus look amazing. Thanks. And I love that you take a lot of the guesswork out of it because you're right. You know, sometimes you're like, oh, well, what dessert should I bring? And you don't have to worry. It's all, it's all, it's all there. And right now it's summer as we're chatting. So it's grilling season. So of course I'm looking at the grilling menu and I was like, this all sounds wonderful. What are your tips for hosts who are 
they're they're busy cooking, but they also want to entertain and they want to be with their guests. What are your tips for people who want to enjoy their guests as much as the food? Yes, there I've got several and one of the biggest ones is don't make it all. Yes. <laughs> Especially with that grilling menu. It's a combination it can be a combination of store-bought condiments and dips and things like that and store-bought hot dogs and you just throw them on the grill and maybe you make one homemade side dish or one homemade kebab and it brings the whole meal together but you can bring in pieces that are store-bought i have a meze spread which is snacks and mediterranean dips and eats and that really is a template for what you can put together buy some dips from the store you don't have to make mine maybe one day try mine because they're amazing but use that as inspiration to sort of do some store-bought things and some homemade things. And that will just save a lot of stress. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of stress, I was looking at your Thanksgiving menu and I, okay, we'll talk turkey because before you know it, it will be here. Thanksgiving will be here. Yes. And I love that you have a unique approach to the turkey. It is my new favorite turkey recipe. <laughs> so I break the turkey down into smaller pieces and it literally takes some, a bit less than half the time to cook the turkey. And I think that's one of the biggest questions I get around the holiday season is, how do I cook a turkey? Or I've never cooked a turkey. Mom or grandma already, always cooked the turkey. And it's such a big endeavor to have this, you know, 15, 20 pound bird that you're trying to baste and cook and maneuver. Mm -hmm. And I've simplified that by, you can ask your butcher to break the pieces down or you can do it yourself. And I walk you through that in the recipe. And then you lay it flat on a sheet tray and season it simply. And that turkey is done so quickly and with so little effort. Um, and it's really changed Thanksgiving for me. It makes it a lot easier. The oven is then free for your yes. rolls or your vegetables instead of having that bird in the oven for three hours. I know because it's usually monopolizing your oven space and mm -hmm. If you don't have double ovens, for example, this mm -hmm. is a game changer. I hope it is. I hope it's a game changer this Thanksgiving. It's um, it's a very tasty, simply seasoned bird. So your gravy is also delicious. Mm -hmm. And it's a fun new method to try. Yeah. And I imagine that because you've broken it down, it's going to cook a little more evenly. Mm -hmm. You know, And you can take the pieces out yeah. when they're done, right? So you can take that breast out or the dark meat out before it overcooks with the other pieces. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I have to ask you, what's your favorite Thanksgiving side since we're talking about Thanksgiving? <laughs> You're going to laugh. I don't know that anyone's asked me that, but the first thing that came to mind is such a childhood favorite. It's sweet potatoes with marshmallows <laughs> on top. <laughs> yeah. But I did a version that's a little more sophisticated in the book and I did their sweet potatoes with a little sweet savory sauce on it. So it's yeah. a little bit of cinnamon and some fun spicy pepitas. So it's a play off of my favorite. I like it. Uh, you know, it's what I love about the recipes in your book is that there is a, like a level of a sophistication, but it's very attainable. I don't think it's scary at all. It's very comforting. And especially the dessert section. Um, first of all, it just brought me back to New York, actually the breakfast section, because um, I grew up there. And so yes. I saw the chocolate babka and it just brought back a lot of memories. So can you tell everyone it makes that babka so special because it looks incredible? 
Oh, you and I have the same passion then and <laughs> memories of New York. I, I put a lot of inspiration, New York inspiration in this book. And it's things that are my favorites from the city, whether restaurants or bakeries or anything like that. And a chocolate babka is so quintessential New York. Mm -hmm. And every bakery makes it different. But some of the best that I've had have a little bit of cinnamon mixed in with the chocolate instead of just the cinnamon babka or just the chocolate babka. And so I've done that. I give a little bit of spice to the chocolate. But what I did was I mixed some Nutella in with the crumbled chocolate. And it gives it a creamy, rich texture. And then the key is to use a very rich brioche dough. Mm -hmm. And so that combination is kind of all the best babkas I've had in New York combine into this one. It's mouthwatering. And then it looks like there's like a, a crumble on top as well. Yes. yes. Some of the, and you don't see it very often, but yeah. some of the fun big bakeries will put a streusel on top of their babka. And so this one's a nice crunchy streusel and you can leave it off if you want, um, but it adds a little flair. Yeah. So the dessert section, I guess that really did speak to me. I mean, there's a photo of you and your mom. So can you tell us more about her? I have cooked with my mom since I can remember. She's an excellent cook and baker and taught me from the very beginning, uh, cooking skills, how to work around a kitchen. And so I love cooking with her still whenever I get the chance. And so I wanted her to be a part of this book. And some of the recipes are what what she made when I was growing up and takes on some of her favorites. So the peach pie that we're making in the picture together is one that she made for our family growing up. And it's one of my favorites. And another one is the chocolate cake. And I call it a secret chocolate cake because there's a secret story behind it. And she made that all growing up. And so I, they're kind of, you know, kind of gifts to my mom, putting those in my, cookbook because I love them. I love to cook with my mom and it's just a great connection. Yeah. I loved the story behind the secret chocolate cake. <laughs> so everyone's going to have to get the book and read about I it. Know, I, know. <laughs> I won't spoil it, but <laughs> so it sounded like she was really a part of the book, obviously that you wrote it, but I mean, in actually making it like both your parents, were you, um, were you back in Utah when you were cooking it? How did that work out? Some of it. So I, my parents are great support and I love just being with them, hanging out with them. And so any chance I get to travel back to Utah and spend time with them, I do. And my mom was a big help. So writing a cookbook is no small feat as I have mm -hmm. realized. And she was an extra set of hands through a lot of it, whether it was running through the recipes over and over as I developed them and created them or testing them so that I knew they turned out perfect in any kind of oven. Um, but she was a big help. And my dad, of course, is the master taste tester. Mm -hmm. And he also would do the dishes and test out some of the recipes. He tested the turkey several times because he was excited to get that just right as well. Oh, that's so nice. I yeah. love when people, can, like when your family can be so involved because mm -hmm. then they appreciate too the work that you've put into it because you're right, it's a lot of work. <laughs> it's true, it's true, yes. So I have to ask you this because we're, you know, we've had this pandemic going on. What were gatherings like at the beginning of the pandemic for you? And as you were writing this book, I'm guessing, because you probably wrote it through the pandemic. I did. My first book launched right during the pandemic. And so it was a, a 
about a year into the pandemic that I started Delicious Gatherings. Mm -hmm. Uh, But launching a book in a pandemic was a new experience as well. I didn't get to go on a book tour and it was uh, virtual experiences trying to share the book. Mm -hmm. But Delicious Gatherings, I did start to develop it when things were still pretty slow and people were not gathering together. And I wondered as I created these menus and these put my favorite recipes into this book, I wondered what are gatherings going to look like and are we going to gather together in groups and as families and friends again? And happily, as the book was coming together, things started opening up and people were really anxious to see their family again and to get together with friends. And it started with outdoor gatherings, barbecues and picnics. And I thought, oh, good, it's coming back. And I think we are cautiously getting together again. And I feel like now that this book is coming out, it's going to be a very welcome invitation to make some new food, try some new recipes, get people together, talk, eat, have fun. And I'm excited. Yeah. And and not to mention, we can now show off like all our sourdough skills with everybody. (laughs) That's so true. Everyone's an expert. So let's bring it on. Although not me, I've, I've just, I'm so, uh, I, I kill my starters. It's terrible, but. Anyway. I don't kill my starters. My starters are great. The bread doesn't turn out. Of all things, I cannot master sourdough. So I will leave it to everyone else. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'll just enjoy everybody's uh, yeah. bread. That's fine. Um, I'm so curious because you've had a great career in magazines and in just food media in general. How has it been like transitioning to a blogger life and, you know, and focusing on your site. Yes, it's been interesting. I will say that I worked at Martha Stewart for about six years and then transitioned and I worked at Ladies Home Journal magazine and was the food editor there for many years until it closed. And when I worked at magazines, bloggers were just getting their footing. Yes. And so we were featuring bloggers in the pages of our magazine and I looked at what they did and I thought, I never want to be a blogger. (laughs) I liked what I did. I loved being a magazine food editor. And I thought, oh, I would never want to learn all of the web applications and how to write online. And I thought I would never want to be a blogger. And so I shouldn't have said that out loud because several years later, I was no longer working at magazines and I was doing a lot of food styling for photo shoots, and I was creating recipes for brands, which I still do, and I love it. Mm -hmm. But I wanted a place where I could share my recipes, a landing place where my fans and my recipe fans could come. And so I created a blog, and I didn't call it a blog for years. I called it a recipe website. I think a lot of us call it that because it has evolved and you know, anyway, but yeah, I, yeah. And I feel like the word blog is kind of misunderstood now. (laughs) I think so too. I think it got a bad rap for a few years. I think it's getting to be more respected now because they really truly blogs have become website resources Mm -hmm. and resources for everyday cooks. Um, I think there are a lot of experts out there that have created blogs. Now you have to pick and choose. There are a lot of people that can throw a blog up and their recipes aren't tested and it's just kind of their family favorites. But, you know, I wanted to create a place where I could offer my expertise 
and also my tried and true recipes. Um, and I have had to learn a lot about, oh, you name it, SEO, search engine yeah. optimization, keywording, all of that. Uh, but it's been a fun journey and I'm glad that I have that space to share what I love. Yeah. And you have a certain expertise that a lot of people don't, which lends itself so well. And I just imagine too, in terms of developing your editorial calendar, you've got a leg up because you know, you know what it takes. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's nice to have that background for sure. So what's next for you? Do you have another book in the works or, or are you still just taking a break from this one? <laughs> I have to say, I think I'm going to take a book break. Yeah. I love the two books that I have created and written and they will last forever. And I think I'll always love them. And I don't know if another book is in my future, but I am so excited to now focus more on my blog and my consulting clients and just be creative in different ways because I have been writing books now, which is so great for the last almost four years. Yeah. Yeah. You deserve a break. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> well, I really enjoyed chatting with you, Tara, but before I let you go, I have some closing questions, really silly ones. What's something that you make when you're too tired to cook and need an emergency go-to dinner? Oh, let's see. I think the first thing that comes to mind is usually nachos. Oh, yeah. Any sort of combination of what's in the fridge or sometimes it's just cheese and hot sauce <laughs> yeah well that's all you need really <laughs> i know they're my go-to yeah what's the one recipe that you treasure the most Ooh, that's a great question <laughs> um you know i think this new book has some of my most treasured because they're so connected to family but in my first book i have whole wheat pancakes um, and that brings back so many memories of my grandma's house. And so that's a very treasured recipe. But the apple cake in my new book is also a treasured recipe because it's so connected to family gatherings. So I think those two probably. Oh, as soon as the apples come into season, I will make that. Do it. <laughs> Are you a messy cook or a need cook in real life? Mm. I think I fall right in the middle. I clean up as I go but often the sink piles up as you put it over to the side. But no, I like my workstation pretty neat and tidy. And I like to throw those dishes in the dishwasher and kind of clear off counters as I cook. Yeah. Oh, um, what's a good kitchen tip that you can share? Ooh, I would say keep your knives sharp. Yeah. Make sure you have sharp knives to cook with and maintain their edge. Take them to a sharpener, sharpen them yourself but a sharp knife will make cooking so much more enjoyable. I agree 1000%. I, I, I talk to people who were like, oh, I hate cooking. And then I look at their knives and I'm like, well, that's why. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So every week I try to share five little things with my audience, something that made me smile. Is there something that made you smile this week? Oh my goodness. I love summer. And I think seeing green trees and grass and flowers and sunshine just made me smile this week. Yeah, it's so good. We've got to enjoy it while it lasts mm -hmm. before, the, mm -hmm. before the dismal the weather winter. comes. <laughs> well, Tara, I love chatting with you. Where can everyone find you and your new book? Thanks. I had a blast. This was so fun. Oh, and good. my website is tarateaspoon.com. And my Instagram handle is tarateaspoon. So find me there. Find me on the website. I post new recipes all the time, and they're amazing. And then the new book is on Amazon or anywhere you order books online and in stores out west called Deseret Book. 
Perfect. Thank you, Tara. I had a blast chatting with you and I can't wait to hopefully speak with you again. Thanks. Have a wonderful day. You too. Chatting with Tara has made me so excited for gathering again. To be honest with you, I haven't hosted in such a long time. And now I'm inspired to cook through one of her themes. The meze sounds especially fun. Thank you again to Tara for joining us and to you for listening today. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to rate, review, and share it with a friend and join us again next time. Until then, happy cooking. Happy cooking.